G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Sleep through the night with Good Health Magnesium Sleep Cream, 230 grams. Now $25.99 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ Monday, the 3rd of October. We're into the month of October and Kempi is across from me up there in the studio with Joe and Neeps. Welcome to the team, Neeps. Welcome in, brother. Great to have you a part of our show. Uh, we really are enjoying your, uh, what you bring to our team, brother. So welcome and aroha. Giving us an update on all things news. Hope you had a fantastic weekend, team. Kempi, morena to you. Morena, brother. How's things? It's, uh, yeah, nice to be in, mate, even though it was a lack of sleep because of the NRL Grand Final last night. Wasn't that good, mate? And Penrith going on an absolute clinic. Taking out every division possible, mate, in the the NRL over in Aussie, mate. From 16s, 18s, 20s, reserve grade. Through the premiers, so um, yeah, mate, a little bit, a uh, little bit weary on it this morning, but looking forward to chomping into the week. Got lots on, lots on still. Lots on, Kempi. Yeah, that was an outstanding final. Well, just a one-sided affair, wasn't it? Penrith Panthers just uh, showing their class throughout the season and well, for the last couple of years, boys. And uh, it's yeah, it's been a hell of a journey, and it doesn't look like it's going to slow down anytime soon, mate. That uh, they are showing all signs. Pathways, everything building for the future. They're going to lose a couple of big names, but no doubt some big names will be coming through the system. We'll talk about that throughout the morning for sure. Coming up after 7 o'clock, we're going to talk some Formula 1 as Sergio Perez took out the latest event in Singapore in a race that had it all. Ed Spencer will join the show to cover the latest. Looking forward to opening some F1. Um, And then after 7.40, we're going to open up the phone lines. Like Kempi just said, to talk the grand final. They are open throughout the entire show. But 740 we're dedicating some time for this. They won every comp right down to the under-18s. Have won 67 of 78 games. Can they be stopped? Dylan Edwards, Clive Churchill Medal, Nathan Cleary, 
Jerome Luai, they just look like a team <laughs> just building a dynasty and just going to be very, very tough to beat going forward. So we're going to talk some uh, talk some league. And then after eight, NPC top eight teams have been confirmed. Northland Tanifar surprised many this year, creating history during the season and finally making the playoffs. It's a tough ass taking on Canterbury. Uh, down here in Ototahi Christchurch, but coach, and get this, my first ever NPC coach, George Cornia, will be doing everything this week to give them a chance, and George will join the show just after eight, so looking forward to having a chat to my former coach there, Kempe, he's a good man, and then on that, got to get a wee update, don't we, of where the competition's at, not the NPC, the Kempe and Izzy's NPC competition, get a wee update there, uh, yeah, tough, tough old ass. You know, I'm probably giving away the, the answer right there. But anyway, we'll uh, do a little announcement, and the winner gets to pick where they're going for lunch. So yeah, look forward to shouting. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing who that is. Actually, must be close. <laughs> <laughs> must be close. Anyway, go, go, uh, and, go and don't start. Mate, it was, it was good. Like honestly, the NPC this year, I've really enjoyed watching it. Seriously. Same, you know, obviously, um, having something on it makes it even more interesting. But you know, just watching the games, like the one on the weekend, how did Waikato get that game against the Bay, mate? Oh. You know what I mean? Like all they had to do was catch the ball, kick the ball out, catch the ball, kick the ball out. You know, a bit like deja vu, mate. The Aussies, you got the ball, oh. kick it out, get the line out, kick it out, win the game. So. Yeah, mate, I feel uh, feel sorry for the Bay Boys. So they go back again this weekend and play Waikato on a semi up there for their home. They might get them the second time. But, mate, the competition's so close, you know. I know I know yeah. your boys down there in the red and black the um, in Ōtutahi, they're the, they're the favourites, 100%. Um, but, yeah, yeah some, some, real, some real interesting, um, I guess, uh, the, one got, one, the one that was real interesting was obviously we – we may have changed a few minds over the last few weeks talking about Roger on the on the edge, and he gets mm. named at twelve, but plays on the on the on the edge. I I think they're trying to find you know personally, I think they're trying to find that spot for him, you know, to keep him in that All Black team. So be interesting to get your thoughts on that as too. And um, although it was a great NRL game last night, uh, I got to say I was really disappointed. I I was frustrated at the officiating. I thought it was. To be honest, in a to be brutal, I thought it was poor, absolutely yep. poor. From everyone, from the referee to the to the touchies to the dreaded bunker, honestly. Mm. Um, but yeah, some big calls and just some inconsistencies, which you hope this time of year. I've always said it: when you get into the finals, referees play a massive part in the game, and just their perception on the way the game's going. Man, they were romanced. 100% by a Panther side who's been so dominant over the last three years and allowed the Penrith Panthers to get away with absolute murder, in my in my opinion. But I'm um, not, not taking nothing away from that when Penrith, you know, they've run a clinic over the last um, two years and you're dead right. Whether or not they can do it without Kiki on Curacao leaving, um, might take them a couple of years to build that, rebuild that, but, gee, though, they have absolutely got the NRL by the short and curlies across the board, in my opinion. Mm. So, um, yeah, well, you and Mark are on the, 
on the same page here, Kempe. He's already messaged him. Morning, boys. Kempe, what did you think about the officiating in the grand final? I played footy for over 20 years, and I've seen three players kicked while on the ground. The person that did it every time got sent off. Now, how come with the bunker ref and touch judges doesn't the grub Luai get sent off? That is from Mark. So he's kind of on the same page here, Kempe. I was having a little catch-up this morning. It's too late for me on a Sunday to watch watch the full Game. I was. I watched the build up. You know, I was like, <laughs> gone. So I've caught up with it this morning. But mate, the refereeing it obviously played a huge part. Did you see that stuff uh, involving Luai? Oh, mate, not just that, but just the way that they talk to the referees, and you know, like you should be putting them on notice straight away. And you know, they just. All I can think about is the referees are romanced by the the Penrith narrative and. Yeah. Other teams would never get away with it. No, they would never ever get away with it. And some of the inconsistencies last night, I just, you know, in the end, I was, I was actually talking to the TV, which I never do, mm. saying, "Come on, you know, like this is the biggest game." I felt for Brad Arthur; his side just couldn't get the calls or any momentum shift to keep them in the game, and Penrith blew them off the park. They just ran a clinic. You know, but there's things in the game that they do that the referees just they don't they don't hold them accountable for, and and their second and third effort and tackles and and the way that they just constantly bait referees and players and get away with it, mate. If I was if I was Brad Arthur, that you know he should have picked up on that during the week and he should have ran a more of a clinic with the media and around Ashley Klein and 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 the attitude that he took into that game. So, um, but in saying that. Penrith are by far the better team. Like their defence, is he? Honestly, I've never seen a game. I looked at the clock and it was fourteen minutes gone. I've never seen a game where across the board players were hitting so consistently and stopping blokes on the advantage line. And it was just like it was like a bulldozer. They just kept pushing them back, and then the field position was really hard for Parramatta to get out of their own half. Their kicking game was really short. And, of course, Dylan Edwards um, tipped them for the for the, the Clive he Churchill. Did. Had an absolute blinder because he was getting their ball on the front foot. But if that kid doesn't get named in the kangaroo squad, you know, I'll eat my hat. He's got to yeah. go away with him, as a, even as a utility, because every time he plays, he's like, he's like you know, the, the energy bunny. He just gives his, his hundred... You know, every time. So they they had good players across the board, but I thought Dylan Edwards was a was a worthy recipient of the Clive Churchill. Oh man, you you picked it, Kempy. You definitely picked it last week, and uh, he is phenomenal ball in hand. You did right. Look, they got some competition back there. They got some competition, but he has to go, mate. He's Clive Churchill winner, and uh, obviously last year was on crutches in the grand final. This year does does a whole U turn and gets gets the job done, and was very influential in that kick out. On the, in the middle there and running on those edges, the he's going to be a big miss. He's going to be a big loss for them. Look, you look at Cleary, every time he goes to the line, or every time Luai goes to the line, that kick out's running that great line, and then they just seem to find time. They always go out the back or they hit the front ball. He just draws in so many defenders. He's going to be a huge loss. Who, who do you think could be, you could see filling that void there, Kippy? Well, he's he's such a big man. Um... Look, I, they've got they've got big men. You know, that's why they call them the mountain men down there at the Blue Mountains, Penrith. Um, it's not that; it's that he can play footy. You know, like he's a he's a giant of a man with a with with skills of a five eight. You know, picked the ball up off the ground. He's just about scored a try last night. Got it knocked out by um, Wagga Blake just in the last 
inch of the um, the put down and just every time he runs to the line, you've just got to stop. As a defender, you can't do anything. If you move off him, he goes through the line or he, pu- or he pushes you know, defenders around and, and they have so much fun. That's why Brian Tor scores so many tries. That's why Luai looks so good because he's got a beast of a defender and attacker on, on the on the inside of him. Um, but, yeah, uh, where, the, where he comes from, mate, well, they win one every other grade in the competition, so there's, there's got to be, you think, one coming through in those four co- yeah. four teams below them. Um, but that was, you know, the grand final, even though that was happening last night, for me, is he that, you know, what you said this morning, like our mate Ryan Fox, mate, winning the golf mm. is another thing mm. that happened overnight, you know. And four was four shots behind last round gets up, wins it by a shot. That must be that must be you know geez, proud Fano time for his dad, you know, and um, it's, it's, and of course for Ryan was always on a heater this year, wasn't he? Yeah, he's been flying, but he had a little bit of an injury scare. Um, was having a barbecue at home, something freakish, you know. He did a little turn and had to pull out of his latest event. Actually missed the Presidents Cup. Ryan Fox, he had a bit of a chip on his shoulder. And uh, obviously winning his second DP Tour event. Yes, there's a message come through. We had that news. Great news overnight. Foxy winning by one shot. $1.46 million coming to Foxy's back pocket after a big old win. Um, But, mate, awesome to see Foxy. He's he's 46th in the world. And no doubt uh, the rankings will be coming down even more. And obviously when you win, Kempe, you get some you get some invites to some pretty special events. So no doubt the invites to some big majors and some big events going forward will be on the cards for Foxy. But mate, he is absolutely flying at the moment. He is on he's got so much confidence. You gotta think. Last week you spoke to Daniel Hillier, young golfer, trying to crack into the DP World Tour. Now you got Ryan Fox, so Kiwi Golf, you got Lydia Ko, she's in contention in her latest event as well. Mate, New Zealand golf is in a very, very good to hold at the moment. And uh, it's it's great to see. And hopefully we can get some reaction throughout the day on Foxy's win. Uh, we obviously got the news when we woke up. So uh, we're trying to scramble and see if we can get someone on to, to have a chat about that. But um, throughout the day, I'm sure the rest of the shows will be reacting to it. Because Foxy, he is just flying at the moment. I mean, he's got to win a major, Kempe. He has to. He's given, he's given himself chances. Plenty of times, but mate, he has to go forward and win a major. He'll be our next major winner, I feel. Yeah, well, mate, you, can, you know, even when you're going around playing in all those tournaments and being so close to get his his uh, his win and you know decent amount of uh, pocket money too on the back of it, would give him all you know heaps of confidence going into any type of golf tournament. So I watched a little bit of Lydia Ko yesterday. Mate, her putting was really good. Her short game was really good, so um, best of luck for her. She's, I think she's playing her final round this morning, isn't she? Yeah. 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 So she's playing her final round this morning for sure. We'll keep you up to date with Lydia Co. Big show anyway. We're going to be talking Black Ferns World Cup. Kempe, one week out. They are taking on the Wallaroos on Saturday, October 8th at Eden Park. They've sold 30,000 tickets. 30,000 wow. tickets. So let's... Get around our woman. Let's get around our black ferns and support them as they go forward. And they are taking on some, well, France and England are the genuine favourites coming over, coming down under. But our black ferns and what they've been doing as of late, Wayne Smith inspiring them. I don't know if you've seen on the weekend, they went to Eden Park and uh, got to meet 660 and hanging out with them. They'll be Dan Carter in there. So, look, 
They've had all the resources, all the tools to inspire and get the job done. They're showcasing wee bits over the last couple. We can't take much out of the J- Japan game because that was a pretty one-sided affair. But, mate, I am really excited and I can't wait to um, see them and what they're able to do over the weekend. Double eight, double three. Keep the messages coming through on the Temper Bedpost text machine or even better, 0800-150-811. Mark's come through. Morenity. Bloody bad plenty, yes. Bloody bad plenty, Marky. Kempi, I heard Mudbrick on Waiheke Island does good food. No, 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 no. Calm down, Marky. Yeah, they're not bad. How do you know Kempi won? Yeah, geez. How do you know Kempi won, eh? Might've, he might have been talking to the kitchen, mate. Joe might have <laughs> spilt it already on Twitter or something. Yeah. Calm down, <laughs> calm down, Marky. Anyway, it's 20 past six. It's time for this. Can't wait question of the day. Plenty happening over the weekend, Kimpy. Plenty happening over the weekend. Lots in sport, lots in racing. Haven't even touched on racing. That's probably because we had both had a, a poor weekend again. <laughs> anyway, anyway, the question, can't wait question of the day. What was the craziest thing you saw over the weekend? What was the first thing that springs to mind when you're like, wow, what was that? Give us a text, double eight, double three. Whew. Some examples, rally cars flying over the jump at Jack's Ridge. Mark Zuckerberg, barring the media from attending the UFC fight night. Ooh, penalty goals, another meeting, abandoned at Hastings. Some crazy things, some crazy things. Give us a text, double eight, double three. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. That is our can't wait question of the day. We're going to go back. I'm going to rip into some of your texts when we come back shortly. Yes, welcome back. What was the craziest thing you saw over the weekend? Richie's come through. An elite, an elite, the Kiwis saving four penalties for Aston Villa against Man. Very good. In the penalty shootout in the English women's EPL. Four penalties from the Kiwi. That is crazy. Crazy. Appreciate those messages coming through. Brett's on the same page as me, Kempi. I'm going to far away because this is crazy. Hmm. Tua Tangavailoa, obviously the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, got knocked out last week against the Bills. He got cleared. Like he was wasn't well. He wasn't good at all. Anyway, he got cleared and he played against the Bengals, the Bengals, and got smoked again. Got smoked. He had to go to hospital and get his neck um, and head assessment again. And it's probably the biggest talking point in the NFL at the moment because they've had all the head trauma things, the concussions. They've had a lawsuit filed against the NFL for not looking after players. They've had so many people uh, passed that have gone away from the game and had uh, serious head conditions, mm. and, and it's well, it's just huge. A billion-dollar lawsuit's been filed against the NFL. This has happened, and now there's a news I've just read now. The unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant involved in clearing quarterback Tua Tungavaloa during Sunday's game against the Bills has been fired. Scapegoat has been made as a scapegoat over in uh, the NFL. And it's huge news blowing up over there. And Brett's mm. come on and said he couldn't believe he's seen that as well. Um, so for me, that would have to be the biggest talking point, knowing what's going on with concussions around the world. And the NFL, they've already got a big lawsuit against them. And that unfolding, man, it's not a good look. And I think this is going to go further. So for me, that would have to be mine. Quarterback Toy Tungavailoa actually being cleared to play and getting knocked out again. Not a good look. No, and I saw, but I saw both those incidences too, and 
Um, the second one, he was absolutely out cold. I don't know how he played it. The thing with it, too, is that a lot of people were saying, what are you doing? He shouldn't be playing this week after the first one. Um, yeah, so we all know what's going on in the NFL and around concussion. We've seen the you know, the documentaries, the movies about players and, and what's happened um, because of concussion and, and hence the big lawsuits. I think you're dead right. Is. I think that one there is uh, it's the beginning of an avalanche for the NFL. Yep, yep you're right. The the doctor getting the sack. Yeah, it was more than just the doctor making a decision. He was an unaffiliated doctor, Kempi. He's unaffiliated, so he isn't even here lying, but obviously NFL's hired him and it's just a scapegoat. They've mm. just gone out and, and made someone a scapegoat just for the situation because they know this is about to blow up. Yeah. So watch the space, I reckon, Kempi. I reckon, yeah, well, it's obviously has an impact down here too with the NRL and uh, there's a number of uh, oh, head head. Trauma issues down here. It's it's gonna it's gonna change the game, I think, in the future. But we'll see. For me, uh, look, there was a few. I, I loved watching our Kiwi girl save those goals. I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the the rally cars. I think that's great too. You know. Um, but Ooh. last night the N- the NRL the the try where kick our run through and the bunker let it go. It was the nail on the coffin for me. Um, all year, you can't run to the outside shoulder. You have to run inside shoulder for a decoy. They pulled it up all year, and yet on the biggest game last night, the went upstairs and the bunker just. Is that the one with Mitchell Moses? Uh, on Mitchell Moses went went on his outside. It's it's just a line. You can't run a decoy line to the outside shoulder of a defender. You've got to run to the inside shoulder, which gives them a chance to slide on. They do milk it. I agree with that, um, but. It's called consistency. It's been made all year, yeah. and I was I was sitting there like everyone. Andrew John said that's that's um, outside shoulder. That's a penalty. Freddie Fritler said it. You know the commentator said it. And went upstairs, and the referee said, "Oh, he's trying to make a tackle. No, that's fair fair play. That's a try." And I'm just gone. That's it. I'm di- I'm done. Bunkers bunkers done for me. So craziest thing I thought um, for me over the weekend was. I knew an error would happen. I knew, you know, yeah. I didn't expect the referees to have that much of a, a poor um, a poor game. But I've got a little bit more about that and off the back fence. Um, but, yeah, for me, that try for Tohu getting a second, mate, crucial time. They're un- under the pump again, power. They should have got the penalty. Yeah, beautiful. I've seen that, Kempi. Yeah, it's an interesting one, eh? Mo- Moses, oh, I felt like he was done anyway. Put himself in a vulnerable position. But, hey, rules are rules and... Consistency is what we were after, mate. I really appreciate that one coming through. Kempi, keep the messages coming through. What was the craziest thing you saw over the weekend? Plenty happening in the F1. And we'll hear from uh, Ed Spencer after 7 o'clock. And, yes, some great news. Ryan Fox getting the job done. So that wasn't really crazy. That was amazing. Well done, Foxy. Getting paid too. So no doubt he'll be buying another little fishing boat when he gets home. But uh, A little yeah, one. keep him coming through. <laughs> <laughs> Up a goal launch. Can I come, Foxy? Anyway, uh, coming up, we're going to talk um, some love racing. Oh, no, headlines with Joey B. Headlines with Joey B. I can't wait for this. Enjoy having Joey on the show. So coming up, we'll get a little update from Joey. But here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. SNZ, it's 27 to 7. Joe here, filling in for Louis. 
Um, boys, it's actually uh, Lydia Ko is leading now. She's uh, under Ooh. 13 through 9, which is, yeah, I'll put it on the Come TV on, soon, Lydia. mate. Hey, Kimpy, <laughs> you, you've got a TV remote in there. You can change the channel. Come on. Uh, uh, come on, come on, kitchen. <laughs> Meanwhile, over in the NFL, over in the UK, the Saints just lost to the Vikings, twenty-eight to twenty-five, with a double doink field goal, sixty-one yard attempt. Uh, and in the cricket, boys, the White Ferns have just kicked off playing against the West Indies. It's pretty even there, boys. Uh, just on the the tour thing, I. I completely agree, uh, Izzy. He's the the doctor's obviously been used as a scapegoat. He was checked every single day in the lead up to that uh, game on Friday by like his by the uh, Miami Dolphins doctors, and he was cleared. The the, the yep. doctor that was fired only checked him once on the Sunday, where he returned back to the game. So it seems yep. weird that he's the one that they're punishing. <laughs> yeah, oh, I totally agree, Joe. I think that's the thing: the head trainer, all the doctors, all the you know, resources available to these NFL teams that have so much money. They're just using this young, this poor guy as a scapegoat. And I'm pretty sure he would have been paid out. I was going through this Instagram, reading all the comments, that scapegoat, he's been paid out, blah, blah, blah. He's the four guy. So, yeah, look, it's, it's interesting, Joey. Are they going to come back? Is there, There'll be plenty more coming from this. And Tua, what's the latest update from that last one? Because that was crazy. Yeah, I haven't heard anything yet. I mean, I don't think he's been ruled out of uh, next weekend's game, but surely he doesn't play. Was he it, will. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no... no. Sorry, you think he'll play, or you think he won't? No, no, he'll be ruled out, man. Like, oh, he should have been ruled out. Like, oh, he they was they are not going to let him play. Uh, but I'll actually, tell you that right now. Actually, if you saw it, it looked like his reaction looked like someone that had already been like concussed, that was still concussed. It was so... I mean, it, it, it was pretty horrible to see. Like uh, his fingers, he wouldn't, wasn't able. His motor skills have been affected. They're actually changing the um, rules now around like protocols uh, because of this incident. But it's pretty obvious anybody could have seen that he was in a uh, serious strife. Oh, and one uh, one more thing with uh, Bunnings Trade um, Sports Update is he you're a Man United. Not a great day at the office. Uh, lost six three really? to Man City in the in the derby. Are you sniggering, Joe? <laughs> yeah, at Bunnings trade. Is that your comeback from trades. Miami Dolphins? No, like, I, I, <laughs> hey, I feel bad for Brett and the Miami Dolphins. I felt like uh, I actually felt like I was probably unfair on them. Like they are actually genuinely a good team this season, but I think Tua is going to struggle to play. You know, like I don't know how long he's going to be out for. But you worry that this hasn't caused long-term effects to him or his confidence in the pocket. You often see quarterbacks who have been hit hard. You know, they throw the ball um, quicker and they don't really uh, serve their field as much. So who knows what this will do to him and the team? I'll be, I'll be, man, I'll be looking, I'll be ripping into his O line and telling them, boys, look after me, man. Like mm. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the man taking it forward, and they're just letting players come through and absolutely smoke him. Teddy Bridgewater, obviously taking over at uh, the quarterback role. Can he get the job done? And uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. But yes, Harland and Hattrick for Manchester City. He is on fire at the moment. Uh, Kempe, that mm. that bloke, he just scores goals willy-nilly, mate. He is just so good. Big, powerful, and uh, there's already chat. I don't know if you know that, uh, Joey, there's already chat he's looking elsewhere. Or is that just rumours? No, I didn't hear that, mate. No. We need kids, oh, mate. I saw something. Yeah, we need kids. Oh, yeah, I saw something over the weekend. All these teams are uh, circling around him of and uh, always are. wanted to be a part of it. Of course they are, Of course Kempe. they are. 
mate. The guy could write his one. own checks. I've watched that kid play, and the amount of work he does off the ball, unbelievable. Mm. Yeah. For a big man, he can absolutely move, eh? And another, you see the race, Um, uh, this is another one that was crazy over the weekend. I don't know if you saw No Compromise win. The, the race over in Australia. Mm. No Compromise, Chris Wallace, mate. It came from about middle of the pack. Had to come around this whole group on the inside and won it. It was one of the craziest races I've ever seen. And uh, awesome to see a couple of big horses getting done over the weekend, Kempi. Not a, not a great weekend for racing. Obviously, the Arrowfield uh, plate getting postponed, abandoned. And it's going to mutter, mutter later this weekend, uh, which will be good. Which will be good to see it run. And then maybe Imperatrice is coming back. 97% chance that Imperatrice, who was going to go over to Australia, is actually going to be a part of the Arrowfield plate. And run it. Crazy news. Mm. Yeah, it's opened, the, it's opened the door up for a few other horses, so it'd be interesting to see which other other horses come in, uh, into contention. Yeah, I was really surprised, actually, that Hawke's Bay was abandoned, but um, obviously a bit, bit of rain. We've had a lot of that this year. It's uh, been, a, I guess, a prickle under the foot of uh, New Zealand thoroughbred. So you know, as long as they race it... Um, and get their group ones out. They've got the, the liver mole coming up as well in a couple of weeks' time, so those horses possibly could stay and mm. run in that as well, which would be interesting for us because we were meant to be heading there with Just Ask Me, so I'll have to talk to Alan this week about those changes. But, yeah, um, Chrissy Waller again, uh, I don't know, I watched a couple of the races on the weekend. Man, it's just group one racing, eh? It's so good. <laughs> The horses all line up, you know. The, the the dead set one that got me on the weekend was Ice Bath. I thought after its um, its last run that it was a dead set chance, and it just missed the kick alongside uh, Fangirl and just couldn't. God, she got up for fourth, but you can't get that far behind the Group One horses. They just once they take off, you're too far behind. You can't catch them. Didn't expect Ellsberg to go win that one. Didn't no. expect Ellsberg to win $15. I was expecting them to stop. I was expecting them to stop, mm. but they actually win again. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. It was a tough weekend for betting anyway. I had absolutely no chance. I, I, listen, I, didn't, I had a quite a quiet weekend on the pun, actually. It was good. But obviously Darcy LaBella getting the job done for Al Sharrick. And Brett, Brent's come through. Was Waikato Rugby win crazy? Yes, I couldn't believe it. I was going to flick Mike Delaney a message because you got to think in our NPC competition, Kippy, I had Bay of Plenty, you had Waikato, 34-13 up. I was like, I could have sent you a message. Easy, easy. And, wow, that was, that was, I don't know if that would have saved me because Manawa too, just, Lemmy, Lemmy from Palmy North, can you just go in there to Manawa too Stadium and sort your blokes out, mate? Because... Oh, that was a tough old year for Pete Why Russell not? and Co. Yeah. It'd be, uh, be interesting to see what happens there, but mate, it was tough. And Southland, obviously, Southland got a hiding on the weekend from North Harbour, like a hiding at home, which is pretty deflating. They showed signs of a promise this year, but were falling short. Anyway, you know what time it is. It is the same time every morning, 6 40. Kempi's got a couple of clues. Quizzy Dag. Come and take Ooh, on tough. the quiz master, the is master. $50 TAB bonus bet. We know you all want a $50 bonus bet, and it is tough, isn't it, Kimpy? Come on, it apples. Come on, apples. I know Come you want to get any. <laughs> get those apples. 0800-150-811. Take on the quiz master. Back soon. This is how you do it. Quizzy, that can play it. This is how we do it. 
Quizzy that can't play it. Quizzes on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that can play it. Quizzy that can play it. 0800. 150 811. Now give us a call. Yeah, give us a call. Wow, the phone lines are running hot. So he runs up and about. Let's head over to John and Christchurch. Have a chat to you. Morning, John. I am good, my friend. I am very, very well. Uh, let's rip straight on. So you got a clue from Kempe. Here we go. Kelly Rovanpera won the New Zealand WRC Rally Series here on the weekend. Which Kiwi did the best to come in sixth place? Aiden Patton. Aiden Patton is correct. Question number two. The Breakers have lost their AMBL opener in a thrilling overtime match. Who did they play against? Uh, Melbourne United, is it? I think Melbourne United. Ooh. Melbourne United is correct. Yes, Johnny boy. Question number three. What is the traditional Māori game played between teams Kioma and Tanifa? Uh, uh, I'll just have to say rugby league, mate. I don't know. Mm. Go with that. Rugby league, no. It's not rugby league. Sorry, my friend. Have a good day, John. Lammy from Turbo Country. Hello, Kimpy. I don't want to talk to you uh, as well. Could you go <laughs> about my one or two team? Keeping oh. the fake, though, uh, is he? Still keeping the fake, fella. Kills keep the fake. <laughs> I'm only cut it because I picked them in my side and they let me down, but that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, that's all right, yeah, no, no worries. I always keep the fake with one or two anyway. Hey, um, yeah. well, I really don't know the answer, so I'll just go, yeah, supple. So I'll just give everyone a clue here. It's actually a Māori traditional game. So it's got a Māori name. Oh, Māori name. Oh, ah. No, I don't know. I'll just call it. Sorry, guys. All good. All good. Going to get a Tim and Christchurch. Tim, morena. How are you going, boys? Good. What is a traditional Māori game played between teams Kioma and Tanifa? Uh, has it got a clue, Kimpy, or was that your clue? That's my clue. It's a tr- it's a it's a Maori game. It's actually rugby, rugby league, soccer, tag, all wrapped in one. Wayne Shelford became a dual international player. Right. Um. Is it? Uh, is it? I think is it Kiriti or something like that. Oh, Tata, close, but not close enough. Close, brother. Close. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Look Sorry, at, Timmy. Look at is smiling at the back there. It's all right. What's going to on the cutter? <laughs> We're going to talk to Brenton from Auckland. Morning, Brenton. Yeah, boys. Go the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> Go the Panthers. He's up. 
He's up and about this morning. How good. Hey, uh, what is the traditional Māori game played between teams? Kioma and Tanifa. At uh, Kiorahi, I'd say. Kiorahi. Kiorahi from Dr. Kugalahi. Well done. Well done. <laughs> I, I actually mark it out of... I've marked out a few well, Maori games for um, schools. Yeah, that that's oh, no. oh, awesome. Awesome. No. I was Oh, well done, bro. You nailed it. Well done. Here we go. Question number four. Steven Adams has just signed a new eight-figure contract with the NBA. To the nearest five million, how much is his contract worth? New Zealand oh, million. Do I have a clue? Ooh, nearest to five million. Um... Somewhere in between 20 and 60 mil. I'll go 45. (laughs) 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 Is that right? You're in your son. You got it. You got it. You're on one today. Pants this, baby. Here we go. Question number five. Where did the Saints and Vikings play the NFL game today? Oh, can I get a phone to friend, Kempi? No, you no, already he had one. one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to say London. Get out of there, Check the referee. Brenton, Brenton. Brenton, were you cheating like Luai? Were you cheating like Luai no. or no, I just, I know what? they play an offshore game every now and then. <laughs> and I just thought, because oh, you mentioned it, I was thinking, ah, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe this is the offshore one. Are you, are you serious? You're not lying to me, eh? 100%. No, 100%, believe, brother. I'm driving the car. How do I Google and drive? How do I Google and drive? <laughs> well done, mate. You're on a heater. So Panthers are never in doubt, really, isn't it? The Panthers got up last night, boys. I'm happy this morning. Good work. Oh, there you go. $50 TAB bonus bet coming your way, my friend. There you go. Oh, wow, that was funny. That was so funny. Oh, London? I didn't know London came out of all the places. Could have went. I didn't. Mate, I had no idea. <laughs> Obviously, just one of those Hail Penrith moments. Hail Mary Penrith yeah. moments, mate. And everything falls for you. No, they do. They, they play the odd game in, over in the UK and London Day, and he's just kind of had a wee guess that it was this time. Anyway, <laughs> great to hear from him. Another one, come, uh, Adam Faye's messaging. Great win for Foxy this morning, lads, and a cheeky fourth for Dan Hillier following his win last week. Yes, Adam, New Zealand golf is flying at the moment with Lydia Ko as well. She is 14 under through nine. We'll keep you up to date. And she's going on and playing at the old American Golf Club for the Volunteers of America's Texas Shootout. We'll keep you up to date. We'll go away and we'll be back shortly to wrap up the hour. Yes, welcome back. We're coming up to 7 o'clock and we'll hear from Aroha and get a nice little update. And then after that, we're going to be talking some Formula One because it's all happening. Singapore, Sergio Perez continues Red Bull's dominance, claiming a win over Ferrari's Leclerc. Verstappen, he is miles ahead in the driver's standing. But hey, there's a quite a eventful race over the weekend. So we're going to hear from Ed Spencer to cover all the Formula One over the weekend. A message is coming through. Well done to Northland. Go the quarterfinal. Yes, well, Northland's coach, Michael Holdsworth, was message through. He's coming on 
after 8 o'clock, George Cunha, my actually first ever coach for the Hawks Bay Magpies. We're going to hear from him and Northland. They're going to have to do the unthinkable, head down to Christchurch and get the job done down here in Otatahi against a pretty formidable Canterbury outfit who are showing no signs of slowing down, although they nearly had a little slip-up on the weekend taking on Otago, winning 27-21. Yet the final eight teams have been solidified in the competition, Kempi, and you touched on it. It is flying, it is competitive, and it has revitalised provincial rugby here in New Zealand. You've got Hawke's Bay taking on Wellington. Can they redeem themselves against Paulie Moati's Wellington team? I think so. I think so. <laughs> Come on. And the big and the big talking point, Tasman, gone. Your number one pick. Gone. Well, I wish, I wish they, uh, they had more teams like that that didn't go so well. But Tasman, <laughs> obviously the big talking point. Anyway, coming up, Ed Spencer. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, they're shaping and building music. Start your weight loss goals with 10% off the Opti Slim range from Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ, Monday, 3rd of October. Ooh, that hour's flown by. Renton getting the job done on the Quizzy Dag. Remember every single day, Quizzy Dag, take on the Quizmas. Tough one today. Neeps is in the house, providing a tough old quiz for the crew. Well, that's what we've got to do. We've got to keep it tough we out there, eh? Yes, yes, there's a few messages coming through regarding... The MPC, hey lads, love the MPC this year. Taranaki, been a bit disappointing. One problem, how do we get people to go? That is from Duncan. How do we get people to head along to the MPC? Some crowds, like some stadiums are just empty, Kempi, empty. Mm. How do we encourage them? Oh, look, I think you've got to put more of an event on us. You know what I mean? Mm. Maybe... Maybe to pair up with something that people actually want to go and be a part of, make it more festival, inviting, as opposed to just you know getting the old heads go there and watch a game of rugby. So that's a tough one, mate. It's not rugby's not the only empty stadium, you know. So, um, yeah. my I thought they look like I've always, I've said I've thought the NPC was really good. The football's been really good. So how we how we fill that stadium? Million dollar question. Yeah, it's it's one of those. Tough ones, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of those tough ones. You, you invest a lot of money, running the risk of investment 
on return or at the ticket sales for the gates. It's it's an interesting one. It's not only in rugby uh, NPC level or continues with Super Rugby as well. They're struggling uh, on that sense. But right now we're going to talk some F1 under slippery conditions in Singapore. Sergio Perez continues Red Bull's dominance, claiming the win over Ferrari's Leclerc. Or has he? I've just read a little update that they might be upheld. And Sainz, who rounded out the podium, Max Verstappen, meanwhile struggled to make up ground after a poor start and finished in seventh, meaning he'll have to wait another week to try and secure his second consecutive world title. Ed Spencer from Motorlat follows all things motorsport over there in the UK and he's on us on the line with us this morning to reflect on what has been a frustrating weekend for the championship leader. Ed, thank you so much for joining us, mate. Firstly, can you explain what went on with Max Verstappen in qualifying? Pleasure for joining, uh, gents. It's good to hear from you. Good to hear you keeping well. I think with Verstappen, it was an interesting scenario because he looked on edge during particularly in Q3 when... He was approaching sector three, which was more of a, which was still very damp to the final set stages of, of qualifying. But his second run, I think, was ruined by, I believe it was a yellow flag. I'm not quite sure. The third one is a real mystery. Is a re- was a real mystery because he was on song. He was fastest in Q- sector two, and then he stopped. And we found out later on that it was, you know, a lack of fuel. Now, understandably, Red Bull don't want to risk having not enough fuel uh, for for the scrutineers because in the past we've had drivers who have stopped on track and they've lost, you know, podiums, lost pole positions. So it was probably a wise, it was a wise decision from them. But for me, it was a, it was a difficult race for Verstappen. He looks, I, I would say that was probably Verstappen's most difficult race because he looked on edge. He had a lot of work to do made some very uncharacteristic mistakes. And, mm. you know, I think he'll be very happy to finish P7 because at one stage it looked like he was going to get P9 at, at best. Hey, Ed, I see it was pretty wet over there in Singapore overnight. Um, was there talk about the race not going ahead at all? Um, the race was going to go ahead anyway, but obviously we got it delayed. So in the UK we were supposed to start at one o'clock but of course we got it moved to 205 so mm. yeah it was a little annoying for I had uh, a couple of co- couple of pe- colleagues on the, on the ground and they said it was torrential and it was only started to spit before we were set to go off but of course it bucketed down and safety first but of course I do wonder why we had to wait for the track to be dried out. We have wet tyres for a reason. It's not like uh, NASCAR, for example, when they don't have wet tyres and putting them on a wet track would be dangerous. So mm. a little annoying, but I suppose you have to think of safety first in this in this case. Yeah, speaking of safety, there was a little incident with Sergio Perez in the safety car, and uh, there's obviously a little bit of a debate at the moment. What's, I think I was just having a look then. Maybe there's going to be uh, uh, the... The outcome is going to be overturned, and maybe Vince Charles Leclerc is going to get the get the win there. Have you got any update on on what's happening there and, and what's about to unfold? Well, 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 the FIA have just given a verdict. Um, Perez has got one five second penalty, and that's for the third time he breached the rules. And the only other yep. the only other thing he picked up was a reprimand, so he retains his victory, obviously by a reduced okay. margin. But that's one of the reasons why Hubert told him to put his foot down because. They knew they would probably get a five-second penalty, at mm. least. 
and he needed to build the gap up against Leclerc. And it would have been a crying shame for Perez to lose what had been a, a magnificent victory, considering that it was lights for flag. He didn't look like he was going to put a foot wrong. And it would have been very sad if he had lost a win through a very small infringement. Hey, what about Ferrari? They've had a pretty bad year when it comes to sort of their tactics. What do you think of their efforts this weekend? I think Ferrari threw, what, threw the kitchen sink at, at what is effectively their last chance to try and rein back the championships from Red Bull and Verstappen. It went well in qualifying with Charles on pole. But I have to say, we might be looking at a different scenario if Leclerc hadn't bogged down on the line. If you look at the start, Charles got away okay, but he didn't. He lost the lead straight away from che- to Checo. And near the end of the race, Charles was closing, but a couple of slides there and then because the track was still a little bit wet in some places, cost him the win. For science, it was more a case of, you know, from the from lap one onwards, you know, the top two mm. broke away and he was going to have to fight off Hamilton, which later turned out to be Norris. But it was a solid day for Carlos. P3 is probably the best he could have hoped for. But yeah, Ferrari will probably be probably be kicking themselves because, as as I said, this is probably their last chance to try and stop the championships going to Milton Keynes and to Holland. What about uh, a good weekend for McLaren with Norris and Ricardo finishing fourth and fifth respectively? Will that give them optimism? Optimism for next year? And what's happening with Ricardo? Do we know what he's doing? Well, at the moment, Ricardo was seen coming out of the Mercedes motorhome. So there is rumours going around that he is going to be a reserve driver. Um, as for McLaren on a whole, it was a very good weekend because now they move into fourth in the Constructors' Championship, considering out with Alpine not scoring. And it was a confidence booster for, for Norris and Ricardo, considering that the last few rounds hadn't been easy for them. So they can take a lot of personal satisfaction but next year, they will have a lot of work to do if they want to get back into that top three with Mercedes, Ferrari and Red Bull. Um, what, what that may be, I don't know, because next year's cars are set to be an evolution of this year's. So it may be a case that they have to do minor tweaks there and then maybe produce something that is a bit out of the ordinary. Perhaps. So it'll be a, there'll be a long uh, look at the rule book over the winter at Woking. Do you think that Daniel Ricciardo regrets leaving Red Bull at all after seeing the success per, uh, Perez has had playing second fiddle to Verstappen? I think it's difficult to really assess Ricciardo. I think he probably saw the opportunity at Alpine, sorry, at, Ren- at Renault, because they were a team on the up, and at Red Bull, it looked like he would be Verstappen's number two. And for a time, it looked like Ricardo had made the right choice, particularly in 2020 when Renault were on the podium, you know, occasionally. But I do think he will regret it now, considering that Red Bull have really progressed with the Honda engine, which I believe was one of the reasons why he was so sceptical about staying at Red Bull, because the Honda power unit, which at the time wasn't partic- wasn't very good in the fact that McLaren had had it, it had been a disaster, Tor Rosso, you know, they couldn't really assess it too much because, you know, Tor Rosso were a midfield team. I do think he will regret it. But if you know Daniel Ricciardo, and I, I've spoken to him very occasionally in the paddock, he's not the kind of person who tends to regret too much. He's a very, 
he's very much one of those people who says, well, it happened for a reason. All right, this is something that's really fascinated me. Lance Stroll, often being criticised for not earning his seat. What did you think of his performance today that got him P6? Obviously, he's got a very wealthy father. Very good, actually. You know, P6, he was doing a tremendous job holding off a four-time world champion, a seven-time world champion, and last year's world champion. So he's mm. definitely, it was definitely a drive where you can see the Stroller 2020 comeback. Obviously, with this year's car, it's a bit difficult to really prove yourself. And when you've got a five-time world champ, sorry, four-time world champion alongside you, that adds even more pressure. But we see that occasionally when the pressure is off, Stroll can really perform. And today he really shines. But of course, mm. you know, it's not been Lance's best year. Yes, he's been in the points quite a you know on quite a few occasions. But I think Aston Martin and him in general would have liked to have made a step up from twenty twenty one, which was a season of promise which never delivered. Mm. You know, he'll take definitely a lot of confidence from that P six. All right, another one off the track. Off the track, you've got two of the biggest personalities in Formula 1. You've got Christian Horner and Toto Wolf. Obviously, lots going on with debates, salary cap. What's going on here, mate? And are we going to get an outcome from this situation? Well, we are set to get an outcome uh, next week. We believe it'll be midweek, so it'll be Wednesday or Thursday before the Japanese Grand Prix. Um, from what people are saying, it, it is Red Bull and Aston Martin, although I would I'm not going to pass judgment on that just yet because I'd like to see the full report from the FIA. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of you know sniping in the media, particularly from Mr. Wolf and Mr. Horner. Wolf not ha- happy yeah. with the fact that they had to make staff redundant. Horner not happy with the fact that this is all coming out just before the coronation at Suzuka. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see what happens, but it's a big test for the FIA with the budget cap. Because I think a lot of teams have cut back on their spending. They have had to move staff on. And if it's not going to be properly enforced, there'll be questions regarding what is the point of it. Bearing in mind the big teams have struggled to keep inside the limit this year. As early as Monaco, they were saying, well, we're we're running on used parts. We need it extended, blah, blah, blah. Now is a case where we really find out if there's a point of the budget cap. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money in the world we're living in. It's only going to get tougher and tougher out there, mate. Quickly, just before we get, let you go, one last question. Is there any chance Verstappen doesn't end up winning the championship? <laughs> uh, I said this last I said this last time, no. And I still don't think it will, <laughs> unless, we, unless, something, unless something at the Pal- Pal- Place de la Concorde tells us otherwise. Um, no, I expect him to to wrap it up next weekend at Suzuka. If not, Austin has yep. been a circuit which has been kind to him, particularly last year. So I don't see it being changed. Nah, Max Verstappen flying at the moment. Appreciate you coming on, Ed Spence, and talking about all the latest from the F1 Singapore. Sergio Perez getting the job done for Red Bull. Thank you so much, Ed. Appreciate your time, mate. Cheers, gents. Have a good day, everyone in New Zealand. Yes, Ed Spencer, all things motorsport, and he's uh, obviously from Motolat, follows all things motorsport over in the UK. He's a br- brilliant racing mind and just sharing all the latest. There's lots going on, Kempi. Look, this latest thing, I was watching this Fox News yesterday, actually, 
and just getting all the updates from these two big personalities, you know, Christian Horner and Toto Wolf, mm. just dominating the headlines. And Toto Wolf just really rubbing salt into the wound. He loves getting into anything Red Bull, doesn't he? Yeah, make, makes makes for good TV, is he? That's why they're, that's why they're <laughs> lapping it up there on... Uh, on the reality TV, the F1, Aroha will be loving loving what's going on. Verstappen, you know that you know that question around can, can he possibly not win it, um, mate? There's in the F1, there's always a twist and a turn, you know. So mm. I don't reckon it's over until the the fat lady sings, and who knows? Who knows what's around the corner for uh, Verstappen? He'd be he he would have wanted to wrap it up this weekend, but. You know, every time, every time you're waiting for another week, you tend to get a little bit nervous. You know, is it coming? Mm. Is there something going to happen to my car? You know, so we'll have to just keep watching the space. Daniel Ricciardo, reserve driver for Mercedes. I know. There you go. Hey, that that could be huge news. The guy that's wow been on top of the world, now losing a seat in McLaren, and then going on to be a reserve driver for Mercedes. Fascinating, eh? Fascinating sport, mate. Sport. Always evolving, always changing, always new drivers coming through. But great result for him over the weekend, getting fifth, showing some, uh, well, just repaying the faith that uh, McLaren have shown him, him and Norris getting that job done. Anyway, Ken Pete, we'll go off the back fence because it's time to rip into some league. And I'm no doubt this off the back fence is going to be all things league and you'll be fired up because I can see it in your eyes <laughs> through the camera right now that you are just going to rip in. So we're going to go away and we're going to get off the back fence with Kempi. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Every man and his dog knew that this NRL finals was Penrith to lose rather than Parramatta's to win. What a final. Penrith, you were just too clinical and ran your race to perfection. What wasn't perfect and rather disappointing, however was the officiating. Instead of enjoying the final for the spectacle it was, last night I found myself getting frustrated by the lack of consistency shown by both the ref, the touchies, and also the dreaded bunker. At the time, And the time has come to make the call. Can someone at the NRL please get rid of the bloody bunker? Last night's obstruction call on Viliama Kukau's decoy, which led to Brian Toor's second try, only reaffirms no matter how many replays you look at, the decision always comes down to an individual's perception and in every wrong call, human error. Ashley Klein and his sign-on officials, in my opinion, were also way off the pace. The lack of accountability for referees and officials are letting the game down. Only six weeks ago, before the final series, Mr Klein was suspended for an absolute shocker when the Cowboys stole the game against the Tigers in the dying seconds. The very next week, Nathan Cleary gets suspended against Souths for a spear tackle for four weeks. And here's why we need to shut the bunker down and start holding referees accountable. Nathan Cleary just didn't get four weeks. It also ruled him out of the Dally M Awards. The same penalty should include officiating. Ashley Klein should have not refereed the final because of his suspension. Simple. Next year, I'm calling no more bunker. Get rid of it and make referees more accountable. Tidy this part of the game up, and we will be much better off. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Bang, bang, bang. 0800-150-811. Ken, our tyre phone line, they are open. 
they are for you to come through and voice your concerns, your opinion, your summation of what unfolded last night. The NRL Grand Final, the Penrith Panthers getting the job done, 28-12. Kempe's come through. Get rid of the bunker. Referees should be held accountable. There's been a lot of talk about refereeing as of late, Kempe, not only in the game of rugby league, rugby union as well. Should referees front media or be have uh, have to sit down on a panel and, and, and hear from them week in, week out? Should they have to... You know how as players we are held accountable every single week. We are we are previewed, we have, our performances are reviewed in the public every single day and we have to front media as well. Mm. Potentially there's been a lot of talk about lately referees having to front the media. Getting rid of the bunker, bunker's been a controversial thing for a very long time and they haven't shied away from it. It has had some big impacts on some results over the last couple of years. Will the NRL make that call? Can you see them back turning and going away and getting rid of the bunker? What is the solution? What is the, what's another way? What's another way going forward? Do you reckon we just human error, have no one else impacting the game or just, just relying on these three referees to make the final call? But we have to have, there has to be a solution. What is that? Look, I, I watched the 2011 Grand Final because it's Grand Final week. All over Grand Final, you know, for the last 20 years gets played and I was watching the Warriors play um, Manly. Remember that? Two referees. Remember that we had two referees refereeing games, and now we've got back to gone back to one referee. And then they bring the bunker in. the The problem with the bunker is it's all down to human perception. You know what I mean? So no matter how many replays you look at, if the guy looking at the replays gets it wrong, that's, it doesn't matter whether he's in the bunker or not. It's just the wrong call. And and what it does for me, the bunker, is it takes away the referee's ability to make a call. And hold them accountable. And what I say, why I say that, is that they're protected. Like I don't want to make a call; don't want to lose my job. Therefore, I'm going to throw it upstairs, and he can get the sack. Whereas yep. when we're playing, we're held accountable. You know what I mean? We have to front every week. We've got to go to training. We've got to play. If our form's bad, we get dropped. And I reckon it's t- it's time to stop protecting the referees in games that hold them accountable. If they are not up to it, and I thought Ashley Klein was poor. Last night, in the, especially the first 20, 25 minutes, I thought he could have, could, have, could have called six again on numerous occasions. You know, Penrith running the cutter in their defensive by moving the hips of players when they're making that third man into the tackle, and they shift and lift the bottom of the guy's hips and move him another metre, and it slows the plate down, and it gets Penrith off the front foot and gets him stuck in, stuck in off the line. Now, he should have been calling six again, every time, but it took until the 52nd minute for him to call six again, and by that mm. stage, it was too late for Parramatta. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's one... It's 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 a t- it's a it's a tough one. They invest all this money in it. They've got to make it work. Well, you need to invest money in referees that know how to make decisions because the ones that are sitting in the bunker making them get it too wrong too often. Yeah, look, it's one of the things I, I agree, Kempi. Like, is we talk about trying to speed the game up, and that's only the, probably a blight on the game of league. It's very fast. There's a lot of ball in play. It is a, it is entertaining to watch, but every single time you're dead right, these referees are second-guessing their, their first instincts. And as a player, that is the worst thing you can do because you lose sight of what's happening and what's unfolding in front of you. So these refs are constantly going up because you're dead right. They have been held to, held to ransom if they if they do get it wrong. And they're relying on their bunker to keep going up. And 
there's been some howlers over the last couple of years, but I would rather riff, follow his instincts and, and rely on what he's seen and what's unfolded and make that decision out there. And potentially, he might get it wrong. And don't get me wrong, there is a, probably a time where someone can help at a game-defining moment. Game-defining moment. It's going to have a huge impact on the result. Maybe that time. But for me, I don't know about you, I would rather see a referee go out there, make that decision, and then get it wrong, and then have him to say, put his hand up. I'm a human, I've made a mistake. I love the NRL I love the NRL method. <clears throat> you know who should be making the decision? They should have a call, and, the, and it's a coach's challenge. The coach goes and sits and looks into a screen with a referee, and they debate the decision. And then the mm. referee makes a call with the coach. Forget the blokes that they're bringing in that haven't played the game that are sitting up in the box. You know what I mean? Like that one last night. They do it all year, inside shoulder, outside shoulder. It's a penalty. You can't say 99% is a penalty, and then on the grand final night, it's not. That just, mate, that just destroys the credibility of the game. Yeah. It's, uh, we've got a message here. Grant Atkins, who was in the bunker, is Cleary's brother-in-law. That is from Mark. <laughs> so maybe a little bit of a one-eyed family affair. <clears throat> Kempe, it's, look, it's one of those ones. We're going to shoot off. We're going to hear from Aroha. We'll come back and get some reactions. 0800 150 811. You see from Aroha and the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Izzy and Kimby for breakfast here on ECNZ. It's 27 to 8. Boys, I don't know if you remember, but we asked um, for people to send in their um, score lines on Friday. We have a winner. Yeah. Dane Hurley, 28 to 12 to Penrith, hit it on the heads. <laughs> I hope, you, yourself, I hope yeah. you picked that. I hope you put that in at the TAB. Yeah. <laughs> you plenty. I know. Buy yourself a lot of ticket, eh? He, he picked Cleary for um, Clive Churchill, but hey, we'll. Uh, let that go. Actually, a lot of people were close. We had a lot of like, um, Zade got 26 to 12. I think Brett had 27 to 12. So I don't know what Oof. was going on. Very suspicious. What uh, did I have? Oh, I can't even remember, mate. It's not worth it. Um, <laughs> 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 I actually don't know. Kez is the one who wrote down all the scores. Is that funny, Joe? No, no, it's not. Is that funny? It's not funny, sir. No, it's not. You want to be shown the door, too? No, 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 no. Please. A <laughs> <laughs> jakey, mate, jakey. Yeah, sure. Meanwhile, the white ferns, <laughs> the white ferns are. Um, they're doing all right. Clip his ears, Kempe. <laughs> <laughs> we still need a 73 for six after 16 and a half overs. So a reasonable total for us to chase down. Lydia Coe uh, just dropped a shot. She is now second um, with through 12. So hopefully she can get the win there. Imagine a double win for the Kiwis today. That would be amazing. Yeah, after good. Ryan Fox got his win in Texas earlier today. Choice flooring pole time, boys. Choice of flooring. Uh, what you got? Yeah, see your room t- floor room change in an instant with room view. Okay, who are the performance of the weekend? Was it Dylan Edwards? Was it Anna Leet saving four penalties for Aston Villa? Great Kiwi. Uh, was it Ryan Fox winning, winning the Alfred Lynx Championship this morning? Or was it... No, sorry about this pronunciation. Was it Kelly Rovampira from uh, the newest World Rally champ who kind of dominated here in New Zealand and got the win? That's an easy one today, Joe. Oof. Who you got, Kempe? Oh, Ryan Fox, but Country Mile. 
Ryan <laughs> Fox is going to win this one. I don't think anyone else will get a vote, surely. I'd, mate, even, nah. a league, even a league man, I'd, I'd think about giving it to Dylan Edwards, but no, I'd give it to a Kiwi for sure. 1.46 gazillions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. Foxy hands down. Waking up to that news, <clears throat> he was five shots behind yesterday, and you're thinking, oh, yeah, he'll go close, and um, just rallied to get the job done. And to win it with his family, Foxy, his dad's over there with mum and his partner and, and the baby. So his whole family is here and uh, Kempi's come out. Because last, for the last couple of years, he's really good friends with Shane Warne. Really good friends. And they always play together at the Alfred Dunhill Lynx competition. It's a pro-am event. And uh, he's played with Warney for the last couple of years. So he dedicated that win to the great late Shane Warne. And, uh, yeah, getting it done. I think this is a fair summation here. We've got a message from Harrison Marker. Jeez, lads. We're going to get Paulie on shortly, too. Jeez, lad. Paulie Moati must hate his job at the TAB. Offering boosted odds on Foxy to top 10 after possibly the biggest snub of an eligible player in Prez Cup history. Just a free paycheck for me and the lads that followed him. Get that one up, you Trevor Immelman. <laughs> yes, get that one up. Yes, I, I, I totally agree, Harrison. I think he had a chip on his shoulder. He was... He should have been in, in amongst that squad, <laughs> hands down. There was about six players that were well, were ranked higher than him on, on the cards, and uh, he didn't even get a chance. So, yeah, it's a fascinating one there. Um, Trevor Inman, shove that one up. Yeah, he is flying at the moment, and uh, getting the job done, he's got to get paid as well. So great for him. Grant Axons, yep. Kempe, Bunker, referring to that, obviously the weekend... Grand final, we want us to keep talking grand final. The phone lines are open, 0800-150-811. They are open, we're going to shoot off, and we'll come back shortly for some reaction to the NRL grand final. Kempe's off the back fence. The bunker, get rid of it, scrap it, had enough. Let the referees ref and make the final call, and bunker, stay out of it. He reckons a couple of howlers last night, and Ashley Klein shouldn't even have been referee. Anyway, that is Kempe's off the back fence. Oh, 800 Yes, welcome back. Apologies. A little bit of a blip there. Joe forgot to put the full stop in the log, so the ads have been playing over. Hey, Joe, bit of karma, eh? You got too cocky and confidence before, and then, well, amateur hour just came and bit you in the bottom, didn't it, bud? Hey? Always have the. Uh, always have the last laugh, mate. Hey, you come at me, you better bring your best, my friend. All right. <laughs> Appreciate it. No, we just apologise for that. <clears throat> just a couple of heads playing through it, but it's all right. We're back to it right now. And been a few questions coming through, and Kempi's off the back fence. If you've missed that, go and have a listen to it. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on our SENZ app. And you will get his off-the-back fancy. Come on, Kempe, regarding the bunker, the officiating, and last night's NRL Grand Final. Take nothing away from the Penrith Panthers. They were by far the best team for the last couple of years. 68 wins of the last 78 games. That is over nine. That is a fascinating stat. They are just tough, and they are showing no signs of slowing down. They have uh, won all competitions, barring... The women's competition, great to see the Newcastle Knights women's getting that job done yesterday over the Parramatta Eels. It's far too good in the end, but yes, showing no signs. The pathways, they're going to lose some talent, but Kempe is alluding to. This is a debate that has been debated for many times. Referee and officiating, where do they go now? To the bunker. The bunker, 
they need to get rid of the bunker? 0800-150-811. Kempe thinks that they need to get rid of the bunker. They need to allow referees to make decisions. And I, I totally agree. A game at the moment, which has been, or particularly in Union, which has been slow, stop-start, rugby league, probably doesn't have the same problem. Ball and play, I think it was about 60 minutes in that State of Origin 3 compared to rugby where they're getting about 35 minutes a game, which is no good. You're losing a whole half of actually uh, ball and play and, and you know watching the game unfold. So how do they go? Where do they go? Bunker, get rid of it? Do you agree? 0800-150-811, give us a call. Can I tie a phone line? Kempe, you reckon it's got to go? Yeah, I do, mate. I think... Uh you know, one thing that's letting the game down is our officiating, and we're not moving fast enough. The game's moving so fast. You're talking about making the game quicker. The athletes are be, you know, they're just absolute beasts at the moment. If you remember Paulie Fatiura's chat last week, and he just kept saying mid 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 conversation, he'd go, "Kempi, they're so big. The players are so big. Mm. You know, like here's a player that's won a couple of grand finals in the early 2000s, just coming out now, going." They're just turning into these absolute beasts of, of human beings. And I think one of the things that we that we really are struggling with at the moment is accountability across the board and the officiating. Now you can't yeah. you can't keep holding the game accountable and leave the officials behind. Otherwise we're just gonna end up with we must get a robot out there officiating. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get a robot out there, knows that he's not gonna make an error because he's just gonna pass it on all the time and and call the game. But in Brad Arthur's case last night against Parramatta, so you'll want the biggest game of the year to be officiated yeah. by the best officials. You know what I mean? You don't want no errors. Mm. And the amount yep. of errors they made last night, they got absolutely schooled, I thought, by a Penrith side. There's one incident there where Jerome Luai is giving it to the sideline. Absolutely. Yeah. In front of the camera, walking right beside the touchy and giving it. Now, get your flag up, get on, and sort that crap out. Mm. You know, you don't see Parramatta doing it. There's all these little indiscretions that, you know, they just get they get away with. I I actually call it they're, they're just suckered by the romance of the Penrith Panthers, and I don't I'm I'm not taking anything away from Penrith. They they are very very good rugby league side, but it's 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 inequitable. You know, if you're mm. going to let one team do and get away with that, do things and get away with it, well, be consistent. Do you feel like there's a sense of that? Because you get a lot of that chat too with the Crusaders. They always get away with murder. They get away with every single thing. So they are probably you know, coercing the referee into, into making decisions or probably being a bit more lenient towards teams. You've had it with the All Blacks. Now we're having it with the Penrith. You've had it with Melvin Storm. Storm over the years with the Cameron Smith-Cronk era. They were always in the refs here chipping away. So do you get a sense that referees are being influenced from players and, and maybe even organisations? Oh, 100%. The worry, the warriors, on the other hand, like, mm. you know, the amount of time that they don't get the rub of the green is phenomenal. Mm. You know, and then you're looking at the top of the echelon at the Penrith Panthers, the amount of rub of the green they get and what they get away with. Yeah. I could I could clip, as an, as an analyst, I could clip more than a dozen instances last night, which are either a reset again, tackle again, or just a blatant error by the officials or a penalty. You know, and and the, my point being, in big games, I feel really sorry for for Brad Arthur. He should have had some some momentum changes with some referees' decisions that went his way, 
And I'm not saying they were squeaky clean. I'm saying it was that inconsistent that neither teams teams were getting. It was 52 minutes before he called a, a reset set. And it's just that, mate, you could have called in the first 12 minutes half a dozen of them. Mm. And that changes and shifts the momentum of the game. So, um, yeah, a lot, Ashley Klein been around for way too long. So, doing, so uh, Ashley Klein is is the most recognisable recognisable name in the refereeing ranks in the NRL. He's a name that really springs to mind first time you talk about refs. So, if not Ashley Klein, who is probably the next next favourable to be able to take over that role? Because you're dead right, Ashley Klein. He's been. Well, he's at the top of the, the pile for a referee. But uh, as they go on, there's going to be someone else next in line. Who, who is it for you, Kimpy? Well, that's my point. My point, is, mm. my point is there are no standout. You know, you've got Penrith mm. coming through every grade, haven't you? There are no yep. standout referees coming through because there is no accountability. There is no, um, you know, I want to improve. I reckon what, they, what their uh, motto is at the referees is I want to survive. Mm. I want to survive and live as long as I can in this game refereeing, and I'm not going to make any of the hard calls. Like some of the calls when they go upstairs, and you're watching it on TV, and I, I can't, I can't talk for how frustrated rugby union people must be every time they go to a TMO and they stop play. Mm. But every time you go upstairs and you watch it, and you go, "Oh, that's a knock on," and then they go over and over and over it again, and go, "Yep, yeah. no, it's a knock on." <laughs> I just reckon they just they're, they're behaving in fear. I'm too scared mm. to make a decision. If I get it wrong, I might miss one game. Well, guess what? Nathan Cleary probably would have picked up the the Dallium Award of the Year if he didn't mm. get suspended for four, four weeks. It's a criteria. I think the same sh- thing should happen. Why I pointed out that Ashley Klein in that game against the Cowboys when they kicked off, got that ball back and, and kicked the winning goal in the extra time, should never have been able to ref the grand final because of that error. Mm. You know, hold them accountable. Stop protecting the referees. Make them get up and stand up in front of us. I would like him to sit down today, and if I was a coach, and and go through it publicly with me how he made some of those decisions. Mm. I think that's yeah. We, we, we've been debating that for for a while now. Just something that spring to mind, Kempi. Well, obviously, Dallium, the awards that are all handed out uh, every single game. Why don't referees get a, a point system? Refereeing, they get their um, performance. Judged on points, get to the end of the season. Whoever's got the most points gets to referee the grand final. Because that is, for a ref, that is the ultimate. A grand final in the NRL, being able to officiate and be a part of that, go through a performance based system that they can rank it on. And then at the end of the season, top of that, gets to top of the top of the pile, gets to referee the grand final, which is what they're all striving to do. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what unfolds, Kempe, and see if you're on the money with the referee and the officiating Ashley Klein and the bunker. Do they stay or do they go? A couple of howlers last night in the NRL grand final. Got a message coming through from Mark. Ryan Fox all day lagged. He was four behind going into the last round and bang, take the $7 to win yesterday. You nice. boot, you Foxy the man. And repels the pain. Yes, the pain of the eels getting smacked from Mark. Yes, Foxy, getting the job done. Great to see. Anyway, we're going to shoot away. Coming up, we've got George Cornier. George Cornier is the coach of the Northland. Tani Farwell, that's someone that's defied all odds. They are playing in a quarterfinal against Canterbury. I'm going to shoot away. I'm going to come back. I've got a little bomb squad for you. Izzy's bomb squad. 
How good is MPC? Our national provincial competition would have brought so many surprises this year. Did anyone think, get this, Kempi, Wellington could head to Hawke's Bay and take the Ramfrey Shield off the mighty Magpies? I didn't. Paulie Moati did, but that's it. Or did anyone ever predict Northland, Northland Tanifas, this mighty Tanifas, to be so competitive this year, notching six wins from ten games with their biggest scout being Auckland, the first time since the 80s. How good. The Canterbury factory that has had its fair share of poor form over the last couple of years has looked like the team to beat in this year's competition. Many teams will be disappointed with how the season has gone. But I would like to say thank you. I feel the competition has gained shot, uh, a, a life, uh, a shot of life in it, and a change of format has created that, or maybe some sort of alignment between unions and the NZRU. Whatever it is, please keep doing it. This competition is the lifeblood of New Zealand rugby, and we have been so close to losing it many times. We aren't there. But this year has given me a glimpse of hope that maybe the changes we are making are working. Time will tell, I guess, and I just want to say quickly, if you can, get out there and support your provinces, your unions, fill the stadiums. Final eight teams have been made, and coming up, we're going to talk to one of them, George Cornia. After 8 o'clock, he is the coach for the mighty Tanifars. They're taking on Canterbury. Get out there, support your teams, get behind them, pack the stadiums out. Because they need it. We want it to make it a hell of an event going forward. And who will be crowned? Well, Tony Fires have given themselves a chance. Can't wait to talk to my old coach. Hopefully he doesn't tell a few stories, Kimpy. <laughs> Don't you encourage him, mate. Don't you encourage him anyway. No George Cunha coming up after 8 o'clock. He's at Aroha with the news for Kibara. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. Monday, the 3rd of October, it's just after 8 o'clock. You just got Kempi and myself bringing you all things sport on a Monday. How good. It's October already. I spoke about, oh, Kempi spoke about the NRL. Obviously at the grand finale yesterday, Penrith Panthers, too good, 28-12, taking the crown Back-to-back wins and the dynasty that they are just continuing to build at the moment there. The Panthers looking too strong. Can anyone stop them? Probably not. They're showing no signs of slowing down. Little update, the West Indies, 93 for 9 in their 20 overs. So the White Ferns chasing 94 to win. Can they get the job done over there in the Caribbean? Remember, Rugby World Cup. The Black Ferns, this Saturday, 8th of October, Eden Park. 
pack it out. 30,000 tickets have been sold. So get there, rally around our wahine, our woman, when they go on and hopefully can bring the cup home. We've got to support them, get behind them. I am fizzing, and I'm going to promote it all week long and bring it all to you. And continuing the rugby theme, wow, MPC, it is flying. And a team that is flying, well, that was our next guest. Well, after 10 of the best rounds of action I've seen of MPC rugby in years, the competition has been whittled down to the final 18s. A Taniwha locked up their place in the quarterfinals yesterday with a convincing win over Manawa 2. They now travel down south to face Canterbury and look to hand the juggernaut their second loss of the season. It'll be a tough ask, but if anyone can motivate his players to put forward a Herculean effort, it's the pride of the North. Tani Farhead coach, and my first ever coach, George Cornia, and he's on the line now. Morena, George. Morena, how are you, mate? <laughs> I'm good, mate. I'm good. Great to have you on, George, mate. Appreciate your time. How you been, my friend? And you must be extremely proud. Obviously, you haven't done the job yet, but... Mate, you surprised many, including myself, to get you know six out of ten games. You must be pretty proud, coach. Yeah, very proud. Um, it's been a it's been a hell of a ride this year, and um, mm. probably just the result of all the hard work that we've been doing, mate. Um, you know, yeah. nothing comes easy yep. these days. So um, just yeah, working hard and, and staying connected as a group, it's been bloody good. Yeah, so if you can pinpoint it on, on certain things, like it might be in, in the community, the club rugby scene, what is a sudden change? I mean, you've obviously sensed it's been coming for a while. You showed, you showed glimpses last season, but you've just got so much confidence. I think that game against Auckland was a turning point for yourself at home in front of your home fans getting the job done. Is that, what, what can you pinpoint it to? I think um, like uh, this, the result of what we're seeing today uh, it started back in um, back in November last year. So obviously we had a, you know, we weren't happy with with what happened last season. So we had to strip it all back, um, and we started um, just being a bit smarter. I think we re- retained really well, we recruited really well, and we turned up to, uh, in the season really fit. But um, apart from that, I think our, our players really understand um, who we play for and what we represent. So very proud when we go out there and put that blue. Blue jersey on, mate, and just cut there and, and give it hundred percent every time. It's um, it's been a, as I said, it's been a, a result of a lot of hard work, bro. Um, but yeah. Gilda George, yeah, no, it's been good watching the Tunny Five. Enjoy, enjoy the way you guys have been playing this year. But but the last couple of games, how are the boys feeling, mate? They must be pretty sore, knowing that they've got a, a big one coming up. Yeah, going down to Canterbury is always going to be a tough ask, but you know we're not going down there to make up numbers. Um, we're going down there to um, to win, uh, but I think I think uh, what we the result that we saw yesterday, like it was, I think it was really hearty. Like um, if you reflect back, so we've just come off a, a six day turnaround, a storm week where we had two four day turnarounds, and then to put in a performance like we did yesterday was 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 outstanding. I thought um, we're running on on fumes at the moment, but um, we're going to freshen up over the next couple of days. And make sure that when we do that, Canterbury, we're hitting them with everything that we've got, and we're close to 100 percent as possible. So yeah, it's bloody yeah. exciting week for us. Oh, it is, mate. You got a you got a chance to to head down south. You've obviously had your first taste, mate. What what were the big lessons from from your um, round robin game against Canterbury? I thought before half time, I remember that game. You were well in it, and then just after half time, they just kind of got a bit of a lead on you. So, what were the lessons going from that game? You could take forward to to this week to hopefully have give yourselves a better chance. Um, 
like uh, they're a very good team, and uh, just in reflection, we felt they they squeezed us out. They played smart rugby. They started winning those moments, and and the first moment was when we um, uh, maybe we lost the, the aerial battle, um, maybe a penalty yeah. here or, or breakdown there, and it just um, we just lost the momentum in that game. So it's really just about making sure that we nail those moments um, and maintaining that momentum and, and putting pressure on them because, as you know, any team put under pressure can make can make mistakes and um, yeah, that's what we're what we're planning on doing this week anyway versus Canterbury. Hey George, you're heading heading down there. Obviously, a, a big ask um, playing Canterbury at home. But have you have you sort of uh, forecast this final series? Have you got something special up your sleeve? Um, yeah, like uh, obviously we, we've, um, we need to review what we did yesterday, but um, yep. also preview what we're looking at doing against Canterbury. We've got a few things up our sleeve, um, mm. just to just to put them off balance. Um, when uh, like Canterbury are a very good, uh, very good team if they if they've got structure um, to to work from. So uh, we've just got a few things up our sleeve, like I said, just to throw them off. But we just really need to be physical, mate. Um, and be ready for that for that battle, especially at the breakdown. So, uh, yeah, really excited, Mate, as I said. Someone, someone I've been pretty impressed with this year, not only my uh, former player, Johnny Mathalai on the wing, the big man running down the right-hand side. I've enjoyed watching him. But Rivers Rehana, mate, obviously playing 10, and he's made, the, he's made the switch. He has been really impressive. What has he brought to, you, to, your, to your side that has really impressed you, and how influential will he need to be this week? Obviously young kid playing on a big stage. Yeah, this is um, his second year with us. Um, mm. Like uh, and, and look, we were, um, we targeted him obviously because he's an orphan boy, but we know that he's got um, he's a real talent, and he can bring um, um, a lot of X factor to to the game, and also more so uh, this year it's been composure. He's making really good decisions. He's got really had really con- consistent performances, um, both on and off the ball. Um, and he brings a real composure to our to our game when he when he's um, been given good front football. So we just need to make sure that we we support him and anybody else that are in those driving positions to um, put ourselves in good positions on the field just so that we can we can stri- strike and unleash. Yeah, nice, mate. I've been yeah really impressed with uh, how he's made some gains this season. Just on the format, George, uh, how have you enjoyed the the new format? Odds and evens. H- have you had the boys really taken to it? And and so I've just spoken about it before. It's really stimulated the competition. I thought it's brought a bit of evenness to it and a really reinvigorated. I feel is that the same with you? Yeah, like it's um, was it um, before the season started? We weren't quite sure on how things uh, how the format was going to go, but obviously it's really stimulated the competition. Like we're starting to play um, the bigger teams like uh, more consistently, but um, it, it's a real it's a real challenge, mate. Uh, week in week out, it's been brutal, eh? So ten games yeah. in nine weeks, um, but um, you really need to be on song and. Um, you have to be prepared before you go into the competition, otherwise you're going to get knocked around. Um, I think injuries play play a big part in any any team preparation, but uh, thankfully we've been on the right side of that ledger, mate. But um, I think it's been really exciting, eh? Watching some of the, the games in the other yeah. in the other rounds. Um, yeah, it's um, it really added some spice to the competition. I feel. I've watched a, a fair bit of. Um 
the Tanifas, George, and, and you just talk about the competition and how, um, I guess, how punishing it is over that short period. What's the depth like coming through? I, I watched a, a couple of younger grades, a younger kid called Sage Walters Hansen was going all right. Have you got good kids coming through like that? Yeah, we have, like, um, what, with the squad that we selected this year, we really, uh, we needed to have a good core group of experienced players, and uh, so we've got about 10 players that have played over 50 games. But um, also on the on the other side of that, we've got, we really wanted to bring some players through, some young players, um, just so that we can future-proof the union, but also get, uh, these guys are good enough to play ABC. So um, it's really important that we gave them game time this year, Young players like, um, and I don't want to single out individuals, but young players like Hedemeyer Murray and Rob Rush, you know, um, that have come through the grades, that are playing consistently well during EPC. But there's also other players like Sam McNamara who have been around for a while. He's only 24, so it's becoming a young man's game. But it's really exciting, eh? You know, seeing these guys come through, but giving them realistic game time, not five or two minutes off the bench. That's not going to achieve anything. So when we when we make those changes, hopefully, you know, we're giving them fifteen plus minutes um, just to try and uh, give them some experience going into into the rest of their careers. You know, a good pathway from club mm-hmm. rugby. Yeah, Rob Rush, big name that we've heard uh, many times on our show there, Kempe. Someone even picked him to go forward and be a bolter at the next year's World Cup, I remember, not so long ago. So there you go. There's a name to remember. Wow. George Courtney, obviously, yeah, mate, someone said he might be a bolter. We were asking for bolters, and Rob Rush, I remember his name came up. Anyway, George, I touched on it earlier. You were my first coach, mate. How have you, how have you enjoyed your little journey, your little ride over the last couple of years, mate? And, and uh you know, from where you started, we at at the moment, you must be pretty happy. Are you enjoying the ride, mate? Yeah, it's um, like as you said, Izzy, uh, <laughs> come back from Japan, retired from rugby over there as a player, and come back, yeah. went back to Hawke's Bay, thinking that I was just going to go into a teaching role. Um, then uh, Brendan Ratcliffe asked if I could help out at a training, and ended up falling into coaching, mate. So um, that was way <laughs> back in nineteen ninety five. Um, uh, sorry, 2005. I was going to say, I'm not that old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I feel like it's sometimes been a bit of an emotional roller coaster, mate, in this game. But um, yeah. I've really, really enjoyed my time. been very fortunate. And um, I keep on reminding myself that it's still an honour and a privilege to be part of this game, um, to, be, to be part of, of special teams like, like the Tanifa. Um so starting in Hawke's Bay, um, having a bit of a coaching career in Japan and coming back again, mate. So it's been a, a hell of a ride. But um, me and my family have really enjoyed the experience. Um, yeah, it's very fortunate, mate. Um, there are worse jobs to do in this world, but um, being, yeah. being a rugby coach is one of the highlights of my life, probably. Yeah, beautiful, George, mate. Uh, it's been awesome to watch your journey and, and what you've been able to do with this Northland team. I've just had a quick message coming through late from Eden. He said, hey, lads, hey, lads, could you ask George about Tama Anderson, absolute young gun coming through the ranks in the Northland squad? Yeah, so um, so uh, beginning of the season, Tama was brought in as an apprentice uh, and he was in for yep. four weeks. He, like, he was uh, one of the form players coming out of club rugby first year out of high school. Um, played for Hoda Hoda Rugby Club um, and yep. earned his uh, his, provincial, his development contract 
Um, we were so impressed with him uh, when he came into the first four, four weeks. He ended up staying on full time with us. Um, so he's been in and out. He had a, some game time during NPC. A real young talent and a really exciting future ahead of that boy. Um, yeah, good man too, good character. I think he's going to go a long way. Beautiful. Tama Anderson, there's a name to watch. George Cornier, thank you for that message, Eden. Hey, uh, George, really appreciate your time, mate, and uh, go well. Go well. No doubt you'll have some sort of theme. I'm surprised Kempi hasn't asked you what your theme is this week, but no doubt you'll have some surprises to throw at Canterbury down here in Otatahi Christchurch, mate. Appreciate your time. Go well and, and all the best. Kia ora, Thank you, Ray. Yeah, you too, George. There is George Cornier, coach for Northland Tanifars. Kimpy, what do you reckon their theme is, mate? Oh, I don't want what to give do it away, mate. Theme? I don't want to give it Hora Hora. I went to Hora Hora Primary School. You know, mm. it's just down the road from the from the uh, from the Whangarei Base Hospital where I was born, mate. It's too close to my too close to my heart, the Tanifars. I don't want to give you no themes, mate, going down there. Come on. Up. You Cyclopses down there, George. I'm you, not. George, you just get the tunny fun down there, mate. You just get the tunny fun down there. You do a number. I'm Hawks Bay hardcore, bro. They're going to smack Wellington, bro. They're going to waste Wellington this weekend. Don't worry about that. So I'm going for tunny Get the job done. Oh, nice. <laughs> get that? Did you clip that, Joe? <laughs> clip it. Put it on the Twitter. Yeah. Write it down. It'll be, it'll be, mate, a tough one for them. They got, you know, so mm. so many games banked up and then have to go down there against, oh, I reckon they're going to be hard to beat. Hard to beat yeah. down in Canterbury. But, Can't. mate, it's been that competition you just don't know. Yeah. Mate, you what just about, don't know, what about that finish? Waikato Bay of Plenty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started, mate. Because we're coming up. We're going to have the. We're going to talk about the NPC sweepstakes, and you can probably get a little sense of feeling of who's won. Because he's a bit up and he's a bit up at the moment, as old uh, Tony Kemp. Anyway, <laughs> Neeps, Neeps is obviously in the back room. He is Southland Stags mad. Southland Stags mad, and uh, well, Neeps. Look, talk to me, mate. Your, your stags showed so much promise, so much heart at the start of the season, but were just very poor. And in that last game, mate, what was happening there? And you're at home? Oh, man, come on. Like, I thought I was going to skate under the ice this time, eh? It was hard watching on the weekend, especially at home. Would have loved to be in the terraces yeah. supporting the boys, you know. Six pack of spates that's been cut in half just, <laughs> down, just down the box, red pie on, red stripe pie on top, but... <laughs> Nah, not meant to be this season, Daggy, unfortunately. You were too busy in the mosh pit, mate, cutting oh, it up in Mount Smart. You should have seen the state of Mount Smart on the weekend, boys. It was awesome, man. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, I can yeah. just see him cut, cutting it up in the mosh pit, oos, old niece. Oos, 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 all over the show. <laughs> oh, who was playing at Mount Smart? Um, it was like a it was like a concert on. Uh, listen in, there was a whole bunch of like international DJs and uh, rappers and stuff. So I was, I was all about it. Cut some mad shakes. Are you, are you feeling on top of the world today? Oh, whew, yeah, good, bro. Good. <laughs> 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 oh, Neats, welcome to the team, Neats. Good to have you part of the show, brother. Keep flying. That was a tough old quiz today. Anyway, we're talking some NPC. We just had George Cornia on the show. Here's the coach of the Tani Fars. We're at the final eight. They're taking on Canterbury. My Hawks Bay are taking on Wellington. You got the Battle of the Bridge. Battle of the Bridge, Kempe. This is a juicy matchup. Battle of the Bridge is the other game. Auckland taking on North Harbour. And then you got another repeat. Waikato 
Bay of Plenty. So juicy matchup for our playoffs in the final eight of the NPC. Who will be crowned the winner? Well, it's Canterbury's to lose, really. It's Canterbury's to lose, but this match, this competition has shown, throwing up so many surprises. We're going to shoot away, we're going to come back, and we're going to hear from, wow, a very confident, maybe, well, a very generous, is it? Generous Paulie Moati throwing up odds and and everything like that, talking to Paulie Moati for our TAB live catch-up action. I don't think so. Go Wellington Lions from Michael Holdsworth. No, Michael. No, no, no. The Magpies are going to swoop and <laughs> bite the Lions on the nostrils. Here we go. It's time for a TAB live update. Bet live in your favourite sports with the TAB app today. And, well, Paulie will be hoping otherwise. More than a Paulie. Yeah. Yeah, more than a voice. Yeah, um, I agree with Michael. Love what he's saying. <laughs> Get out of here, mate. Hey, uh, obviously the Panthers, too good, my friend. Too good. Got the job done over the Eels. Reflection, reflection of how the uh, the pundits were, were punting on the TAB, was it? Uh, it was a pretty good game for the punters, mm. to be fair. Um a lot of them uh, were backing the Panthers. They were backing the Panthers minus eight and a half. Uh, they backed... It was fairly evenly split in that winning team and margin book. Uh, there are a number that took them one to 12, uh, but plenty that took them 13 and over, which was around the 225 mark. And if you remember back to the $5,000 bonus bets that we were giving away in our Bledisloe yes. Cup uh, promotion, a number of those punters placed their bets on the Penrith Panthers either to win the Penrith Panthers minus eight and a half or the Penrith Panthers 13 and over. So um, those that back the uh, Panthers to win by 13 and over, I think they've got around, depending on what price they got, they've got around 6000 to six, uh, $6,250 in their accounts right now. Oh, um, there are also it, it, one punter took a seven-league multi with his $5,000 bonus bet. He took North Harbour to beat Southland, and then he took all the favourites in the Heartland Championship to win on the weekend, and the Thames Valley Swamp Foxes let him down, unfortunately. He got six legs out of seven. The Thames Valley Swamp Foxes, who I think were around $1.06, $1.10 to win that game. They went down to Poverty Bay, so one leg oh. falls over there. <laughs> no, he'll be heartbroken. <laughs> he will, but another guy took a three-leg multi. He took South Canterbury to win, which they did. He took Wellington to beat yep. uh, County, which they did. And he, his last leg, Waikato to beat Bay of Plenty. Oh, <laughs> what a ride. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, how's that for a ride? That's unbelievable. Oh. Uh, I think he got, uh, what, just under 7000 um for picking wow. up that three-league multi. There, and there are a few still to go, but plenty of winners of those uh, uh, those bonus uh, bet winners, uh, $5,000 bonus bet winners from the uh, Low Cup promotion. So, yep, there's oh, plenty of poorly, cash out there. Poorly. Anyone get on Foxy? Yep. Oh, <laughs> pundits get on Foxy every week and... Uh, Trevor Immelman should have he should have been on Fox he should have picked him for the President's Cup team oh, unbelievable what an idiot, what yeah, an idiot. No. someone said that uh, the, the TAB is very generous you pushed him out 
to seven bucks in the final day, and heaps got on apparently. Yes, heaps. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. Heaps did get on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at the uh, a few of the bets that we took on that uh, NRL Grand Final, and the biggest power play that got up was under forty two and a half points. Both teams to score over ten and a half points and Dylan Edwards to get the Clive Churchill. That was paying nineteen dollars. Uh, and I see I'm just looking at there's so many bets, I'm just looking down the page. That looks like the biggest power play that collected. And we also had a boosted Isaiah Yeo or Dylan Edwards to win the Clive Churchill medal. Four fifty out to five fifty. Boy, oh boy, did punters get stuck into that. Mm. Beautiful. What a power play. Well done if you got that. That is a hell of an effort. Dylan Edwards, obviously, <clears throat> getting the job done. Paulie Mwari, thank you so much, my friend. We'll chat to you tomorrow. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. But please gamble responsibly. R18. We're going to head away and hear from Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. 27 away from 9. You've still got a chance to vote in the Choices Flooring Poll. Today's question is, uh, who was the performance of the weekend? Was it Dylan Edwards, Anna Elite, Ryan Fox, or Cully Rovin Pera, who won the WRC Championship? What was his name? Rovin. Sorry, I think it's Rovin Pera. Do you want Don't to- worry, I get it all the time on dyslexic around names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's easy to criticise when, you, when you're not on the mic, eh? And then you actually have to step up and say some words. and It's not as easy. Kempi, not so good for the White Ferns right now. 24 for 4. Yeah, what's Oof. going on? Yeah, they've, they've, they've lost their... Uh, they've lost Sophie Devine, Susie Bates, Amelia Kerr. They all, oh, they all went out no. for um, five runs between the three of them. No, I didn't say nothing. I didn't back them. So, a little tough. <laughs> <laughs> of course not, Kempi. I'll just play that one out in a second. Um, Georgia Plimmer uh, was doing all right, but she she just lost her wicket for 12 runs. So, yeah, not looking boy, uh, good, boys. They're 24 for four, chasing 93 for nine. Also, just quickly on the NPC, uh, of course... It was charity uh, round. They were raising money for breast cancer uh, yep. foundation. Lots, uh, lots of support. Obviously, we saw a lot of the players wearing pink socks. Some of the county's players dyed their hair pink. If you saw the game on mm. Sunday, mm. for eight players, and I hear apparently what happened was that um, <laughs> they, they had their team photo that weekend as well. And some of the players were aware, <laughs> and they ended up <laughs> having a bit more colour than they expected. So, quite Andrew, great to see the support, but unfortunate into the season, uh, getting pumped by Wellington and Counties. I remember. Oh, I've seen that. I see that, Kippy. You would have tied your hair up, but you keep I was going to say, we had this Papua New Guinea. Frosted tips. We had this Papua New Guinean back in my day playing on the wing. His name was Arnold Kawanti, and he showed up yeah. to the game. Mate, back in those days, you know, you weren't allowed to do things like that. Black boots, black hair, you know. Mm. He showed up and he dyed one heart, one side red, the other side blue. And, mm. uh, yeah, just to say that the coach had got him before he'd ran out on the field, he ran out with no hair. <laughs> to, get, <laughs> to get rid of the lot. Just, just shaves it off. Shaves, shaves it, it off. Oh, that's mate. so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
I used to dye my hair back in the day, Kippy. I used to dye it. I used to go and buy the, you know, the blonde peroxide and, and uh, try and go blonde. But because we're Māori, you know, Māori, I used to go orange. Orange. You used to go orange, Māori orange, you know. I said this orange as lid. And I was like, man, I just wanted to go real white. And then the more you dye, that's probably why I went bald, because I just polluted my hair and, and burnt it off. Burnt so. it off. <laughs> burnt it off. That, that and Dax Wax. That and Dax Wax. If anyone knows what Dax Wax is, the mo- I don't know. Put that Dax Wax in your hair, and every time you, 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 you leave your pillowcase, you're like, <laughs> half your heads come off, your scalps come off of it. It is so That's bad. Kevin, that was Kevin Edu who Edu, um, bought that into New Zealand, eh? You know that? Yeah, did he? Yeah. Dax Wax. <laughs> Him and Tina, mate, used to go around selling it to all the hairdressers. He put oh, that- well, he's half the reason we're bald. <laughs> put that stuff in your hair. You might as well put it in your com- in your, in your oil, your, what are your trucks, mate, is oil. Was put that- it on your surfboard, it's that clunky. It was that thick. Oh, <laughs> oh mate. Hey, uh, what was the result anyway? Was it, uh, Rob, was it uh, Foxy? Foxy won that one there, Joey? After all that, Joey, you forgot to tell us. Sorry, what? Oh, right. <laughs> the, the results. Oh, yeah. Fox won by a landslide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My bad, boys. So that was, a whole, that was the whole, whole reason of that little part? You were meant to come out and give us a result? It was the only reason why I'm actually allowed to talk is to do the choice of throwing <laughs> poll. But I like to make the most of the limelight. Uh, yes, that was the choice of throwing <laughs> poll. The choice of throwing <laughs> poll room view program takes the least guesswork out of the choices of flooring. Yeah, you're Beautiful, Joey. <laughs> Thank you very much for that little announcement. Performance of the weekend for Panthers, Ashley Klein and Grant Atkins. Atkins, well played. That is from Mark. He's just winding you up. Winding you up there, Mark. He loves getting into him. Don't bite. Don't bite. Don't bite. Here we go. Another one from Jimmy. Credit where it's due. Well done to the whole Panthers organisation. But not only are they getting the rub of the green from the rest, but also the judiciary. How special treatment was it of Taylor May and Kikau Kimpi? Mm. So that's probably another... That's what, that's what I mean. Like everyone's romance, romance by them. You know, his his one here, which is Uncle. We all know your heart was with the eels. Yes, I heard um, you say Panthers, but you hoped. So now we start to blame the refs. I'm not blaming the referees. I'm not blaming mm. the referees at all. I'm just saying when you're having a spectacle and it's meant to be your best spectacle, the referees let you down. And I just thought that they were below par, and we yep. need to sort that out. Because if we don't sort that out now. Ashley Klein's going to be a 60-year-old referee running out. We've got no one coming through because they're too scared to make any errors. And uh, the bunker's just, for, for me, the bunker is a waste of time. And literally, yep. literally a waste of time. It's going to be interesting, Kip, because this has been a, a topical conversation for ages, particularly in rugby. Rugby is so stop-start, it's horrible watch, horrible watch at the moment. And we need to get stamp it out of the game. With the bunker, every time they score a try, they're up to the bunker. They're up to the bunker, and, you, and, you, and you're saying it because the referees are afraid of making mistakes. I would rather they get rid of the bunker and make the right call out there all the time, follow their human instincts. They are going to make mistakes, but I can handle that instead of going up and watching 300 camera views and still making mistakes. Well, that's the, <laughs> that that's, is, that's the point. Like mm, the one on mm. Kikau, the one that I'm talking about, so he's given the try straight away. Yeah. yeah. Now, if you'd ever had a bunker, then that just becomes, well, was it a try, was it not, was it a, a shepherd, whatever, you know what I mean, Ob- obstruction. But yep. they pl- they waited and right played two to three replays, and then he's gone, no, no, we need to go and have another look at that, which meant that in his mind he was doubtful, and they went upstairs, and the guy straight away went, no, no, it's a try, and everyone on TV went, no, it's not. So, look, I just think, 
get rid of the bunker and make the call and live with the call. That's your job. Yep. And on the Monday, if you review it, you got that call wrong. So if you're getting – this is – it's like four minute, is he? So if you're kicking the ball out, for instance, and you're hitting it wrong and it's going 10 metres and it's supposed to 100 metres, then you're, you're, you're basically dropped. How can you know how good someone's form is if they're always passing decisions to someone else? Mm-hmm. So if you're making that decision consistently week in, week out – you're getting measured, and they're saying, "Yeah, you're really good at making decisions." So we're going to keep you, and that's how you're going to how you're going to progress. But what we've got with the NRLs, we've got referees that won't make a decision. Yeah, yeah. So uh, rugby last year, they actually went away TMO that we had a um, meeting with Sky with the referees boss earlier in the year, and they said, "Look, we want to try and use TMO less." Less times out there, so the referees have to uh, make calls. You have to have your, your touch judges have to have a real big part and influence in the game because they have another set of eyes as well, so they can add to it. But the underlying fact is they want these referees to make the decision. So they went away from it. I saw gains in it, but they've obviously gone back to it in rugby, which is which is crazy. So they've uh, backpedaled a wee bit. But in rugby, in rugby league, I hope they do go down that line. The bunker, mate, I've said it plenty of times watching their games. frustrating every time they score a try. They go upstairs just to award it and watch about 300 um, things when you blatantly can see it was a try. Um, mate, it's uh, yeah, interesting one. But that was uh, a little catch-up with Joey B giving us a couple of little updates. Well, we finally got there anyway. Uh, the NFL's on at the moment. NFL's on at the moment. Panthers, Cardinals, they are kicking off so shortly, just after 9 o'clock. So my Panthers, hopefully they can get the job done. And Joey B's 49ers, they're taking on the Rams tomorrow. That's going to be a big game. Big game. Can the 49ers get back to winning ways? Jimmy G. Well, don't step out, mate, and you'll be right. Anyway, we'll go away. We'll come back with our MPC comp winner announcement. Yes, Kempe and myself had a little competition at the start of the year. And, well, Lammy's P North Turbos, the Manawatu Turbos, just really let me down. So you can kind of get a, well, a little sense of who won this, uh, this competition. And, well, Kempe's going to give his announcement of where I'm taking Kempe. Only you, eh, Kempe? Yeah, mate. Only me. That's right. Yeah, sweet as. Oh, look at the boys. (laughs) (laughs) Neats, bro. Day one. You already want a free feed. (laughs) Hey, uh, we'll shoot away. We'll come back shortly. Listen to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to the Kumas Warehouse. Great savings every day. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Joe here, boys. The tipping competition. Look, it's the worst kept secret. Um, I just, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know why Louis decided to tell you boys yesterday. I thought we were going to <laughs> wait to make the announcement on air because, like, so as a Louis folk. Well, no. <laughs> hey, look, I love Louis. I would never say anything about Louis. Louis is the most intelligent person I know. But you always are oh, like, get Louis. off it. But <laughs> he pays my salary, boys. Uh, but <laughs> but you always he doesn't aren't... pay your salary. Well, <laughs> anyway, carry on. Anyways, he pays my side salary. But yeah, you always aren't actors. You're sports people, and uh, and you've kind of you've you've given it away. I'm going to do a drum roll, nonetheless. Really build it up. So, the winner of the competition with 191 points to 177 is. Campy! Oh, no! No! Campy! Oh! Campy! 
Timmy, shut up. Oh, my Lord. I just... Oh, for the for the life of me, look, obviously, um, just like to congratulate you, Tony Kemp, for uh, being a league and coming on and just really ruined me, the rugby pundit, for the show. And uh, just... Well, Southland and Manor 2, what did Southland end up on? One win and Manor 2, no win. So they just really let me down. I had an opportunity to choose Southland and Northland, and I went Southland, and it just didn't quite get me there anyway, Kempi. Well done. Well Thank done you, to you. Um, obviously, watching the game on the weekend, I thought, oh, I'll get a little bit closer, but I kind of knew it was going to be a tough ass. A tough ass because results weren't going my way, and obviously the, the, the nail in the coffin, Waikato. <laughs> <laughs> Over Bay yep. Plenty and Bay Plenty losing to Northland a couple yep. of days before. So those were the two games. Tough ass. Yeah, those were the two games, mate. And those, they're the two that I watched as well. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> they they lose the scrum the first time, Bay, and then they lose the line out. I'm like, can't happen twice. And surely, and they let and they let Kempe just sneak in the back door, mate. So, ah, uh, well, what can I say? What do you reckon? What do you reckon, Kimpy? What are you thinking? Well, what kind of cuisine you wanting, mate? Like, mate, obviously, it's got to stay on North Island. We can't go to any no, other no, islands. I'll, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to do because <laughs> you love a good feed. Is I'm going to let you choose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to let you choose because right. I know that you know everyone and anyone, and you know all the good spots. So yeah, mate. Whether it's a Chinese meal out down the road or somewhere nice, up to you, brother. It's your choice. All right, but. All right, just me and you, eh? Nice little romantic date. I can't wait to spend some time with you, Kempi. No doubt there'll be a nice little Guinness on the side with it involved. Oh, a nice little bottom here. But no, well done to you, Kempi. And just on that, the, the competition itself has been fantastic. Not only that, we've got Heartland with South Canterbury. South Canterbury are flying at the moment. They are just looking like the team to beat, going to back-to-back competitions. And, well, yesterday I got a message from one of our great listeners, Jamie. He is a, a, a great, and he's an East Coast supporter. East Coast looked to be making the postseason for the first time since 2012 when they won it all. Meads Cup, a team that went from 2013 to 2021 without a win over 50 games. What a turnaround having Jose Aguirre at the helm. So East Coast... In the Heartland Championship, looking to make the playoffs for the first time since 2012, there can be. So, look, rugby is is in good stead, and great to see East Coast um, showing signs. And that Paul Teams Valley Swamp Foxes supporter going down to Poverty Bay, the East Coast will be flying at the moment. They will be flying. But the competition itself, Kempe, has been great, hasn't it? It it has. It was a... a Oh, it was tough sort of picking teams and all that sort of stuff. I do think you threw me a couple. That was that was right. But, <laughs> mate, well, the, the competition is that close. I actually thought that Tasman were specials. That right at the beginning, they're my first pick. And yep. the, the teams that have stepped up and the teams that have let themselves down, mate, that's what that's that's why this competition was so good right down to the last weekend. You know, we could probably couldn't have picked it any better. So... Don't worry, you'll get a chance to win that back, no doubt, when the NRL season comes around or something else that we decide to go on. Because right, yeah. g- generally I can't pick my nose. <laughs> yeah, so well. I'll take, I'll take that. I can't pick anything too, mate. I see Bulldogs top eight and well, <laughs> I got thrown under the bus here. So anyway, we'll come back. We're gonna hit from we're gonna head over and hear from Smithy shortly. It's time to sleep on it. Well, Smitty, we'll be back shortly. Sleep on it. Thanks to Temper, they've got mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases which conform to the exact shape of your body for unrivaled comfort and support. Smithy, good morning. Morning, gentlemen. 
What a wonderful uh, night of sport it was. Was worth staying up for. Brilliant. Yes, it was. Uh, Kempi's t- just had a little spoke about the referee and the officiating. What was your take on that, mate? You think uh, Klein did a good job or pretty debatable? Well, my take on the first half in particular was that I thought the Eels were lucky to get naught. Mm. So um, how much the referee was involved in that, I'm not quite sure about. Um, it was such a pummeling uh, in the first 70 minutes that I find it very hard to blame Ashley Klein for too much that yep. went wrong there, to be perfectly honest. I mean, it was a, yep. I just prefer to look at a, um, a really, really good performance by one team and another side that was played out of it who have had a great season. That's, that's the way I would look at it, to be perfectly fair. Does it look like it's slowing down too, Smithy? The dynasty that will just continue no. to forge on and uh, be interesting to see, uh, obviously, who fills the Coruscant and uh, kick out when they leave. Hey, quickly, just a little question. We're talking to the NPC. We're at the final eight now. You've got the final eight teams. Mm. Can anyone outside of Canterbury stop the juggernaut rolling through, and who would that be? That is your sleep on it for tomorrow, my friend. The final eight. Can okay. our Hawks Bay do it? Can they beat Wellington? Oh, oh, oh. Bloody flying at the moment. Um, I'll give us some thoughts, man. I'll give us some thought. Okay, boy. Uh, what do you got Good for luck. today, mate? All right, we're going to cover the rally with David Long. Uh, we're going to look at the rugby league, of course, with Vossi. Uh, we're going to look at the football over the weekend with Ricardo Ball, Jamie War, Sam Ackerman on the panel, and uh, all of our normal stuff as well. Nice, mate. Hey, what's the weather like? Obviously, another abandoned track meet. Yeah, overcast, mate. It's not. Ple- it's not great. <sighs> Bloody Hawks Bay, Sunshine Hawks Bay, not showing signs. Anyway, Smithy, have a great show, and thanks to everyone that's tuned in. Really appreciate your time. We'll be back tomorrow. Louis Herman Watts back, but today was just Izzy and Kimpy. Takite anō. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.